Episode 21, Moment of Truth Podcast. I'm your boy, Bless. Let me know to the left. And today, we got the homie Lou Phelps in the building. Mm -hmm. Big round of applause. Big round of applause. Thank you for coming. We've been talking for a while about making this happen. I'm glad we were finally able to, my brother. Oh, yeah, man. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to be here. (laughs) Thank you for coming. Let's jump right into it. Let's jump right into it. Yeah. Who is Lou Phelps? Where does the name come from? Let's start there. All right. So... Um, Lou Phelps, basically, I'm a rapper from a rapper, producer, DJ, tour manager, freaking, I do everything pretty much. There you go. From um, Longueuil. I'm not gonna say Montreal anymore. Longay, you know. South South gotta, Shore. Yeah, gotta rip the town. South right? Bronx. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from uh, from Longueuil. And um, basically, Lou Phelps came from. So I had plenty of names growing up. I started rapping at the age of like 12, like seriously. I, st- I, I took it seriously at the age of like um, 16. And at 16, my name was Louis P. But I know so many rappers online that are named Louis P. I was just like, I have to switch it up. Sounds like a lot of guys in the South <laughs> might be named Louis P. <laughs> Yo, so many guys, <laughs> so many guys. And then I was like, what type of... like. I like the the whole idea of having a name that sounds like an actual name, yeah. you know, like not a not a stage name or, or something. Or a title. Yeah. So my real name is Louis-Philippe Celestin. And I'm like, how can I use Louis-Philippe and make it a, a stage name, you know? Because mm-hmm. Louis-Philippe is kind of French. It sounds French a bit, you know, you know French-Canadian. So I'm like, all right, so I definitely want Lou in there. Lou-Phil, Lou-Phil's. I'm like Lou Phillips, Philip, Lou Phelps. Oh, that sounds good. Lou Phelps has a ring to good. it. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna I'm stick with this name. So. Lou Phelps was like a, he was an athlete, right? Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. Michael sorry, Phelps, Michael yeah. Phelps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an Olympian, the swimmer, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, most, I think he most gold medals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Phelps, I was always like, yo, that's that's an I always like, you know. Yeah, yeah. He holds the record for um, the most uh, wins and or medals for. Um, I think he's most medals. Yeah, I think he's medals, most medals yeah. straight up. Like he just has that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure though. But. Yeah. So it has that whole we are the we are the champions dipset pretty vibe much, to it. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, makes sense. So, oh my bad. So yeah, that's uh that's about it. So that's how the name came about. So yeah. Um, talk to us about your background. I mean, do you come from a musical background, family wise? I mean, everybody knows that your brother yeah. uh, is a well known figure in this music game. Yeah. Uh, shout out your bro, but did it did it come from your parents? Did you know was it was it a musical home you guys grew up in? Um, well, my dad was really like artistic, so he used to paint. He used to like like draw and like fucking write. Um, but um, when he used to work as a as a taxi, because we're Haitians, you know Haitians love to you know what I'm saying the easiest job is to drive people around. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, he used to taxi, and before. Before going to work at night, he would blast, like, blast um, compa, you know, like, Haitian Haitian music. And it's, like, growing up with, like, compa as a, as, a, as a kid, you're just, like, at first you don't like it. Then you start to appreciate it. And then my dad used to, used to always play some, like, Bob Marley, some freaking mm. Ella Fitzgerald, some... Mm-hmm. Uh, Louis Armstrong, the greats, all, you know, the like greats, the foundation. All the great, yeah, all the great, like jazzy, like soulful. Well, not necessarily soulful, but you know, all the the good stuff. Pretty mm-hmm. much, he used to play that all the time at the house. 
and like when we like like when he used to pick us up at at school or whatever he used to play that and then my sister took um singing classes my brother and i took um piano classes and i took um trumpet classes mm-hmm. and uh, that's pretty much the family history well actually i heard recently that my like my grandpa's uh grandpa's brother on my mom's side is was a well-known singer. I don't know I don't know who he is, but hmm. apparently he was a well-known singer in like in France or something. Hmm. You got to so, get on the ancestry.ca and like much. figure yeah. that one out. That's a yeah, good one yeah. to know. Yeah. But Very yeah, cool. man, pretty much it's like it's just like I think it runs in the blood. My my uncle plays in a in a compa band like like everybody loves music in my family pretty much. So, it's kind of like you know, effortless. It's embedded in you. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So, you started at 16 years old. How much older is your brother than you? What's the two years? Two years, two years yeah. older. So I imagine you guys must have kind of sort of started at the same time. I mean, when you think about it, not really, because I used to rap for fun, really for fun, like not even write words, like literally just like gibber over mm-hmm. like um, money, power, respect from like you know uh, classic rap, yeah, 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 from like Lil Kim or whatever, and then. Um, like 50 Cent, Candy Shop and all that, just like mm-hmm. do covers just to get the flow going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just like the idea of rapping because like my mom didn't necessarily have money at the time and like we couldn't get clothes and I was trying to find an identity identity and mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, let me try to, let me try this rap thing. And basically I, basically 50 Cent started it all for me. I was like, all right, I want to be like 50. Yeah, he was the biggest rapper on man, planet earth in those man, years. I loved him. He was a superhero. Oh, He's still great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. But I mean, the impact of Fifty when he popped was like no other. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there, there was, there was, you know, quite a few guys that had the stature of Fifty, but I feel like few hit that that peak as yeah, fast. Yeah, there was a bunch. Like Jay Z used like, but it took time for Jay to get there. Yeah, you know, Fifty it was, it was a bidding war for Fifty. Fifty yeah. feels he had like everybody yeah. waiting for him yeah, and exactly. saying like, like we. Gonna, we knew like there was no way this wasn't going to be the biggest album in hip hop, mm. no matter what. That anticipation—that's the word I'm looking for. That anticipation was hard to match. Man, honestly, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. It's Please. like when "Get Rich or Die Trying" came out. I didn't know anything about Fifty Cent. Like my sister put me onto this, and it's like I didn't know. Like the only thing I knew was like Music Plus, you know, like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I used to watch. And like, they used to like showcase 50 Cent all the time. Yeah. Or like Jim Jones or like Cameron and shit mm. like that. Not even Cameron, honestly. Just Jim Jones with the ball and. Balling, yeah. yeah. 07. And it's like, that's all I know. Like, that's all I knew back then, like 50 Cent. So I'm like, the first rap guy that I remember watching on TV was 50 Cent. So it's like, damn. Like, I love this whole like culture. Like, the way he dresses, his attitude is like the long he looks like a bo- yeah, the, like he looks like a boss. Vest. Yeah, yeah, the bulletproof <laughs> vest, the do rag, and all that. The, yo, but like, see, a lot of people don't realize that vest obviously became like a uh, you know a stylish thing yeah. that a lot of you know brands and people emulated. But at the time, Fifty had big beef with serious dudes in New York, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was walking around with the vest underneath his clothes all the time because yeah. he you know he popped so quick that he knew that you know he'd be a great you know probably target yeah, for somebody to come at so then i guess he just figured fuck it i'll just use it to my advantage and put it on top of the gear and just rock but he needed i'm sure he needed those vests when he was doing those early performances 
But yeah, man. Um, so yeah, fifty was the biggest was the biggest shit on planet Earth. Uh, that 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 two years. I remember the first time I ever heard in the club. I was in the club in Miami with Guru <laughs> on vacation. That's crazy. R.I.P. My brother Guru. God bless him. And um, we went to some random club in Miami. We were on vacation, mm. and when we heard that boom, boom. We just looked at each other and we're like, oh my God, <laughs> this this is going to be like the biggest record. On, like, and to this wonder, day, it broke records. I actually like, wonder like how people felt about hearing the instrumental. Because I remember hearing the instrumental. I didn't think it was like that crazy. Because I'm like more of a sample dude. But and, the like, thing was in the club sonically, the way they mixed that shit, mm. it just knocked so fucking hard. I mean, me and Guru weren't super into West Coast production yeah. either. You know what I mean? We were really into the boom bap shit and yeah, you know, all the yeah, typical yeah. shit you would think. But when we heard it for the first time actually in a club... It was exciting. Damn. We knew that it was going to be one of the biggest records in him. And still to this day, I mean, it's. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's people still play it till this day. It's like a birthday anthem. Pretty yeah, much. literally. Like everybody listens to that when, when it's their birthday. But yeah, man, like, I don't know, man. I feel like 50s beats, it's like, let me ask you a question, man. How do you mm. feel about. Actually, I'm, I won't ask the question. <laughs> please, please, please. How do you feel about like Eminem and like, like all this, like, shady um like the shady era you know how do you feel about them hmm, how i do feel you like mean? i never connected with eminem ever in my life okay so he's getting a lot of slack these days so i'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll say it like this and i and i totally agree and understand where you're coming from yeah. i think people need to separate two important factors when it comes to uh taking in music and making music yeah there are artists who make incredible songs they make big records yeah, like yeah, 50 yeah. made big songs and sometimes that doesn't always correlate to being the most wordy or the most super lyrical i think eminem is a genius when it comes to penning rhymes but mm. i agree with you not all of his music resonated with me yeah. the way nas did or the way gangstar did or the way yeah. biggie did on you know so on and so forth yeah. so i understand when i hear people like you saying m's dope you got to respect him as a lyricist yeah, yeah, but i don't fucking love his music yeah no, i get I, it i feel like i never ever like liked one of his songs you know what i mean i would have to say the 8 mile shit lose yourself I fuck with that song. I fuck mm. with the the stand the stand record, and don't forget, don't forget, uh, my man's born in '94. So you're coming in, you're coming in <laughs> yeah. at a time, yeah. But you're you're coming yeah. in at a time where like um, Eminem is is not even Eminem yet, but he's he's you're five six years old when he's peaking. Yeah, you know what I mean when he's on like yeah, like the, yeah, like yeah. the good day. What twenty seven is when he got signed? Uh, something like that, probably. Right. So. The only thing you're getting is like after the after the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting oldies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, I mean, I, I just yeah. think that it depends what brand of hip hop you're into. I don't think anybody debates that Eminem is a lyrical genius. Yeah. No, but, he's saying he's okay. not feeling it ever, and I can I can understand the same way. I don't I don't feel KRS One ever. The only because I wasn't around for it. I feel like the only song of Eminem, like the only verse of Eminem that I could actually remember, is the Forever Joint with Drake. Mm. His verse, yeah. I was like, okay, I was impressed. And then, um, well, what about this, Renegade um, with Jay Z? Yeah, Renegade. All, you know, see, there was points verses, where you were like, oh, this guy's. You, do yeah. you get it? It's like I get it. This like the I, I feel like the beats that he rapped on didn't complement his style, in my opinion. 
But like, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. But I think part of that was the label where they're like, "Look, if you don't do that slapstick humor, that bam, 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 yeah, bam, yeah, yeah. if you don't do that, we don't get a guaranteed win." Yeah. So they kind of forced them into that. Mold. But maybe that was his style too. Maybe he just like rapping on these. I think he. I think he was probably in the studio with Dre. He fell upon this slapstick humor shit. Yeah. And it worked. And they were taking no risks after that. Like yeah, you had yeah. to have that Christina, you know, Britney, cro- comical yeah, shit as your first single much. because that made him really unique. But I think as as an MC, he has so much more to offer. Mm. But I agree with you that would you listen to two hours of Eminem's no, catalog straight never. at any never. party at any event? Never. No. Would you listen to two hours of Jay? Absolutely. Of two hours of Nas, do yeah. it all the time. Yeah. Two hours of Gangstar, fuck yeah. And I understand where that sentiment comes from. Yeah. But when you put him on a forever record or you put him on Renegade, he does more than hold his own. He kind of destroys shit. Yeah. Yeah. So lyrically, he's an anomaly. Lyrically. lyrically. Lyrically, I'll give yeah, it to no. him. He's an anomaly. I'm, I'm with him. I'm with him. I'm like... I don't disagree. I, I'm kind of over <laughs> it. I don't disagree. But he had his moments. He did. Yeah, definitely. But when people say Eminem's the greatest rapper of all time, with uh, all due respect, I'm, I'm sorry, I respect but, uh, his talent. I'm sorry, but but no. I don't I don't I don't feel that way either. It's the same thing for like no disrespect to Lil Wayne. But I feel like Lil Wayne, I never really got to connect with him. I agree with you totally. Of, uh, Again, he's another he yeah. had his moments. I could see he's prolific. I feel and like I'm safe music. with the like I'm really like with my choices, whether it's like food or whether it's like music or whatever i'm i'm really safe like what sounds good to the ear yeah it's all right but Sonic. i feel you you remember like the carter three era or the mm-hmm. carter two mm-hmm. when he used to when he started using the autotune mm-hmm. and like we hated it well i hated it <laughs> i don't know about you guys but like i feel like dying <laughs> right Bro, it's just a different nah, guy it's softer. I, like i can't do it man I, it I was you know that. what it was also like what lemmy was saying sometimes that's the moment in music that's happening mm. and sometimes you're ahead of the wave yeah and sometimes you're just on the wave yeah, yeah, yeah. and i feel like he was like really just on that wave like strapped in so for the moment it I had feel this like colossal started that wave low-key low-key it was uh, t-pain yeah and then everybody it's actually interesting you bring him up because the last guest that we had on was play from playing skills and they produced they won a grammy for the carter mm. they did um the Got Money, uh, T-Pain, oh. uh, Little Wayne featuring T-Pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that. But, you know, it was just at that year, nobody was bigger than Little yeah, Wayne. Yeah. And I think that is very much a part of hip hop, the time period, because it, 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 it speaks to the context. Yeah. But not everything stands the test of time. Yeah. Like you listen to Reasonable Doubt or Illmatic or the obvious classics, yeah. it stood the test of time for whatever reason. But let's not forget, a lot of those albums, sales-wise, were pretty slept on in the year they came out. So it's art, right? It's a popularity thing, in my opinion. When when it comes to sales, it's like whether the label wants to push your your music or not. True. It's not necessarily... Because, like, I feel like um, labels have all the power in the world Mm -hmm. to make somebody big. Mm-hmm. Like they'll decide who makes anybody big, right? Well, it depends how much they spend. And if they start spending with no limit, you're going to be up there. And yeah. when they stop spending, that's why you always say, yo, what happened to this guy? What happened? To-? Yeah. The label stopped investing. Exactly. Period. Yeah. So I think at, at the era that Lil Wayne started getting big, Birdman already had all that money. 
So he put all of his money into Lil Wayne to make sure that the he label- put all of Universal's money yeah into Lil much. Wayne <laughs> pretty much. That was a famous story. Um, I had a meeting back in the day with a cat uh, in New York who originally was the one who gave uh, Cash Money their label deal, mm. and he told me that they came in the office and they already had mad paper, and they just were like, "Yo, here's a bag of money. We don't need your money." And that's how they negotiated their original deal, mm-hmm. which was very favorable. Yeah. And then once they did the sales, you know, obviously Universal put all of their resources. Yeah, yeah, and when yeah, Universal yeah. puts all their resources, that's I tend to resources. agree with you. It doesn't matter whether it's Wayne's project or Drake's project yeah. or Nicki Minaj's project. They had all the resources. Exactly. And that, that speaks to the massive success of all the young money guys that came after Little Wayne. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty um, much. Let me ask you, who does really resonate and stand out you know hip-hop wise who really inspired you to to spit who inspired me to spit who was the opposite of an eminem that you didn't connect with who did you really connect with um a lot of people man like i I would say the one that got me into what i'm doing what i was doing when i started was Mm. pretty much mf doom Mm. mf doom was like a god to me interesting but it's like now that I look at what I listened to, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's MF Doom, but it was a mix of, and people might think I'm crazy for this one, but I really love Big Sean's like wordplay and the way he he uses uh, his metaphors. And Interesting you know, that you say that. When Big Sean first came out, I was very skeptical. Yeah. And he got better and better and better. Yeah, yeah and that's I, what I'm saying. And I think I mentioned this to you, Lemmy. Mm-hmm. He has a record semi recently, like last year, I think, featuring M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah where yeah. I felt like he killed M. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, Big Sean. Eminem's verse was. I'm, I'm but sorry, he, but M, his but verse was amazing though. Big Sean's M, verse was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Eminem's verse, I don't know, man. It wasn't it? Wasn't your cup of tea? <laughs> Eminem's verse like, is I won't, never. I want flavor. I won't savor something like that. Like it's like. Uh. It's not the I it's mean, not the thing some, anymore. Some 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 artists need just need to stop at some point. Like even Jay Z, like Jay's like the, the the goal to my like in my opinion. I I would agree. He's like the greatest of all time, but he has to stop. Like stop doing verses. Start working on other stuff or like producing. Like you no, know, I don't know. Like start a record label or some like you already have Rockefeller or whatever Rock Nation. Rock Nation, yeah. But um, I don't know, man. Like focus on that instead of like rapping, like. We don't need another album. Like we don't like. Imagine if Jay would have left with Black Album. Imagine as, as he claimed he would have been. Going to. Yeah, he would have yeah. been like literally like no contest, the best rapper of all time. Now there is contest. Like you mm, know what I mean. Like, I know what you mean. You get what I mean. I know what you mean. It's like kind of you know going out on your highest note. Yeah. Versus, but. I mean, I think Jay kind of just does it for sport yeah, because he much. loves he loves the culture so much. I mean, it's certainly not for the money, yeah. you know, and it gets to a point where you can't be more successful than 50 in his pinnacle or yeah. Jay in his pinnacle or even M in his pinnacle. So why bother? Yeah. They say, you know, we swam through shit and went through hell to get here. We survived. Yeah. So yeah. now we just like hitting the gym and just throwing, you know, just just shooting around in the gym just for fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. at the end of the day, it's art, right? So, you know, for a lot of people, maybe it's therapeutic. Yeah. Because Jay is killing it in the business realm. He's been killing it for yeah. decades. But yeah. one thing we do have to give Jay is you've never heard a whack verse from him on anything. It's true, though. 
That's true. <laughs> you got to you got to give him that. You know somebody else that doesn't get mentioned enough that you cannot tell me one whack verse he's ever put on anything. Fabulous. Fab to me, it's like needs to be rated higher. Yeah, no, definitely. He's a he's an amazing rapper. It's just like I feel like not. I don't know. I, maybe it's a label thing. He maybe never got that super thing. light on him that he deserved, but every fab track that was a single was amazing. Yeah. But you know what you're going to get. You know but exactly he, but, what you're going to get. Incredible. Whether that's, it's, yeah. whether it's mailed in, it that 16 is going to be the same 16. It's going to have the same five topics. They're nah, all sick. Bro. They're all sick. Maybe that's what it is. Analyze actually. it deeper, man. Yeah. Listen to any time he's on anything. You're I put like, him with oh. Jadakiss in my top oh, 20. Jadakiss? Top 20 J- New York. J- Jadakiss got to like, be up there. Yeah. Yeah, Jadakiss got to be up there. Honestly, Jadakiss, in terms of lyricism, is like top five to me. You know who else needs to get mentioned more? And this is out of Styles is nice. Mm. Black Dot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Black Dot annihilates everything he's on. And another guy that I I guess maybe the roots overshadowed Mm. him, right? Because Mm -hmm. the roots is so, you know, in demand, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, live unplugged shit they do with other artists like Jay or whoever to Jimmy Fallon, and they're so um, like artistically respected. You know what I mean? That people forget that. Who the fuck did you put Black Dot on a track with that Black Dot doesn't kill? Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Did you hear his verse on um, the Benny the Butcher joint? Nah. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't listen great. to the Benny the cool. Butcher album yet. There's a Benny Butcher Black Dot record? There's a couple guys on that track. There's a couple more guys on there. I think there's one just them two, though. Oh, yeah? The one okay. that I'm thinking of. I believe so. It's okay. pretty recent. Uh, for everybody listening, go do yourself a favor. Just mm. put in Benny Butcher featuring Black Thought. Oh, my mm. God. You forget that the man's got to be in his uh, mid-40s yeah. by now. And this guy is really, really, really a beast. Um, so, Jay. Jay was inspiring to you. Yeah. Who else? Jay, MF Doom. Uh, MF Doom. Um... Give me some know, obscure like, shit that, that 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 you drew from. Because I know crown, you and your crowns for kings, deep. Black Thought. I know you guys go deep in the crates. I don't know, man. Um, that inspired me to rap, or just shit like, what do you personally love? Like, what do you fuck with? Like what right now, I feel like back in the day, it used to be like I used to have like different. Uh, I had a different musical taste than now, definitely. Mm. How but, so? What was the evolution? Like I used to listen to Soldier Boy and like you know the the high school mm-hmm. music, mm-hmm. and that could probably help you when it comes to production though, because mm. sonically that shit was working Soulja on a Boy? whole on a whole other level. I guess I, I mean, don't know. I mean, it I don't think like I don't think crazy. That I feel that, like that, my favorite producers. If if we were talking about producing, my favorite producers are um, Pharrell. Timberland, Madlib, um, Jay Dilla, and um, who else could I like? Probably Kanye back in the day. So I would say you're more of um, your ear is very eclectic. Yeah. You like the more eclectic yeah, yeah, yeah. musical, you know, harmonies and all that shit. Exactly. Great. I don't interview. like the I don't like the the simple shit. Yeah. Like, you remember when Gucci Man used to be hot in like yeah. the two thousands? Yeah. The Zaytoven shit. That. That. I was like, nah, it's not for me. Yeah. It's too simple too simple some people i think resonate uh, resonate with the simplistic shit because it's kind of like a purposeful ignorance mm. and it's something relatable I when your that. palate isn't refined they like the ignorance of it. i like the ignorant lyrics yeah. over dope musical beats. production yeah that's yeah. like i'm i'm down to listen to like some uh, some like damn i don't even know 
I don't really listen to ignorant music anymore, but but you could day, see how a lot of maybe younger cats could you know fall in love with hip hop on some ignorant, really watered down yeah. shit, and yeah. then maybe like grow into understanding like Pharrell and Tim are fucking musical geniuses. Like, yeah. let's be serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, great interview. You should check out. I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, Pharrell and Rick, and Rick Rubin. Yeah, I didn't see it yet. Man, they I'm talk about. It it's interesting sure. because they talk about like sonically envisioning a record mm. mm-hmm. and they talk about how they feel like uh, um, a real producer's job is to be like a catalyst to be like a receiver and you know the music doesn't belong to them the chords don't it's all inspired by god knows what mm. and they're channeling and they're channeling and translating it into a record. So the way that they look at it is very three-dimensional. It's like a mood thing, pretty much. Right? Like I started, like when I started producing, I didn't really understand. And I tried producing, I don't know how many, like years ago, like yeah. four or five years ago. And I just got into it now when I started smoking weed. <laughs> and it's like, when I smoke and I make beats, like you close your eyes and you freaking listen to the chords that you're playing and you're like, you could tell what's right. even if, even though I don't have any music, like I don't know anything about music theory, mm. but like just the sound of the chords, mm-hmm. the way you play it, has an effect on the way that the, the mood, mood of the yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's more of of a mood thing more than like like okay, I need to do this. I need to, you know when it's like robot like it needs to have a flavor. It needs to have a soul. And when mm-hmm. when it has a soul, it has a mood. And when it has a mood. That's what gives the the color to the to the production. That's and right. Like, that's pretty much what I'm doing right now. I'm You're like, tapped in, bro. Yeah, man. You're tapped in. That's what it is. <laughs> well, weed's, a, weed's a beautiful thing, eh? <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. when you're in the studio, you're kind of just taking wild shots in the dark, mm. and then you're you, it connects, and you're like, okay, that's interesting. Mm. And that magic is not tangible. You just kind of mm. know what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just wild. Let me, you know, you're going through thousands of synth sounds. Yeah. And then there's just one that note one that's like, like oh, yeah, and you're yeah. like, okay, it did something to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when the timing is right, it come, becomes something yeah. special or sometimes it just doesn't. Yeah, true. <laughs> you know? Have you ever tried producing or? Um, well, yeah, I, I, I co-produce most of my stuff with my partner. Okay, right. Shout out Mano Sound Machine. You know, no we do everything from A to Z together. Yeah. You know, um, you know right. obviously he, physically does it with his hands but i sit with him through the entire process we come up with ideas and concepts together we go back and forth and then Mm. i write once we're comfortable with where the music is so i've been for the last 10 years involved in every single aspect of making anything we made Mm. so you know but you know i'm lucky enough to have a partner in production that understands my vision and I understand his. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. by sometimes I annoy him because by the time I'm telling him to do it, he's like, don't even say it. I'm already doing yeah. it. <laughs> like, he's like literally like, shut up. I'm already doing it. And yeah. I'm like, all right, all right, you got it. You got it. You know, I feel like you and your bro probably have a similar relationship. Uh, yeah. I mean, like K, the way K does his beats, I don't even know how he does it anymore, but it's speak like, to me a little bit about that. Um, uh, was it your brother uh, who inspired you to move into the production or was that just a natural progression for you? Um, honestly, the, the person who started, like made me want to produce my own beats where it was like uh, Tyler, Tyler, the creator. Mm-hmm. I listened to the Igor album and I was like, yo, like, no, nah, I have to start. I have to, you know, and it's like, I could do it myself, 
only like I just need to put the time into it. And if I put my time into it, everything's gonna be all right. Hell yeah. But bro, Tyler, Tyler's album was like eye opening for me. Like it was like, a big one. Yeah. Like K the way K produced every time K produced something for me, it was always like him making a batch of beats that both of us love because mm -hmm. we have like sort of like the same ear when it comes to music mm -hmm. and like he makes the beats and then he shows me what I would sound good on. Mm -hmm. What he would see you on. Yeah, pretty much. And then that's how it was. It's just like a batch of beats, but I haven't had beats from K from like so long, like, like at least two years. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the last project I was working on was like in 2017, 2018. And like that was the last time I got beats from him, and it's still beats from from uh, still beats from 2017. That's what's crazy. But uh, yeah, man. Like, but you know, sometimes we're making the shit, and it feels dated to us. But the rest of the world hasn't heard it. Yeah. So as long as it doesn't sound like the you know the the drum yeah, programming no. is weird, there's no such thing as it new does, or like, old. I mean. The thing with K's music, it sounds timeless. Yeah, it's like it's like you can't really put a genre on it either. Yeah, and it sounds timeless but so, you could tell i mean i'm sure your brother must be very inspired by like the jay dillas and and that yeah, kind definitely. of shit could just of the the whole cadence of his shit mm -hmm. and you're right that sound is super timeless yeah so yeah. i really would challenge anybody to be like this is 2015 yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. is 2019 I like don't... his latest record um i think was dysfunctional the instrumental is from literally 2017 like early 2017 so it's like damn like, what does he have in store for us, right? You know what I'm saying? What is he doing right now? Where is your brother living now? I, saw, I bumped into him in the summer. Uh, St. Henry. Oh, he's, yeah, still, he's back yeah, he's in town? Here, yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not in the States uh, no, no, no. much anymore? He's, he's doing back and forth a lot. Yeah. He's still in uh, Montreal. That's the best move, though, is you go when they pay you. Yeah, Why are you going much. to the States? Otherwise, like, if there's a bag, you go. Yeah. You come well, back. It depends, you know, where you're at in your country. I don't want to go like, to the States ever unless... It depends. Yeah, it, it actually depends where you're at in your life, actually. It's, right. it's true because it's like, K doesn't necessarily need to, need to make contacts, you know? Of like, course. If you want to make contacts, you have to get it's out. It's not like he needs to hang out in LA 24-7 to be invited to sessions. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah. in demand yeah. and people will contact him. Plus, technology of the last, you know, seven years, yeah, everybody's on social media. Everybody's on social media and I can contact and you can contact anybody in the world. Exactly. It's just if they want to hit you back. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. you don't really need to be on the ground every day. Like yeah. once upon a time, we had to be you know hanging out at D&D &D studios we need to ha be hanging out in these legendary hip hop studios mm. just to like make contacts and to be like oh shit let me play you this beat except we're, we're working next door yeah. you know what I'm saying and then they're like oh, okay what's up like you really people had to kind of um, feel your vibe to want to work with you. Yeah. You have to be likable somewhat. You now know it's a mean? number. I don't, I don't, so many I don't know, I don't know your, your story, like the backstory of Bless, but I'm like, I feel like the first time I saw you was, well, I didn't see you, but you know me. I'm saying 90s baby. Yeah. Fucking Def Jam. Def Jam uh, fight, for, fight New for New York. I was like, who's this white, <laughs> white <laughs> dude uh, that, that fights in the, in the, in the game? And I'm like, I don't know who told me that you were from Montreal. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, somebody from Montreal made it? And it's like, I always looked at you like as a, as like a, a, a goal. Not to surpass necessarily, but just like at least I need to get my shit on a video game. You know what I mean? Like, 
like inspire that was the kids. bar that just was like, the bar yeah pretty much inspire kids to to like i don't know just like have kids look up to 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 me or whatever you know thank so, you bro i appreciate that yeah man like can you explain the process behind that, man? <laughs> How does it get in a video yeah. game? Welcome up. Shit, you got two <laughs> hours to start a new podcast. Um, it was a very... Um, the way the video game came about was random. But mm. what led up to the video game mm. was, you know, a long fucking process, which right. totally speaks to what we're talking about. That, you know, it wasn't like, you know, somebody discovered me on YouTube or whatever. You know, I was going back and forth to New York for years, you know, of course, working with Guru and the whole Gangstar crew. Mm. Um, oh, by the way, quick little plug. Make sure you check out the new Gangstar album. One of the best yet out now. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was just going back and forth, like between finishing mm. high school, I would go on the weekend and come back or, you know, go high for the school. summer. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. I camping I, out? Outside the labels, like trying to get someone's ear so you could spit yeah. to them on the street. I started in New York. at 15, like professionally New York trying to, to be in That's the music business. That's crazy. So I was going to New York, battling people on the street in front of Def Jam and Cyphers, LL, <laughs> putting money down. Like I really did the school of hard knocks, mm. you know? And um, I was fortunate enough to have a manager who believed in me from Queens, mm. who, you know, worked with Run DMC and, and Russell right. Simmons early right. in the hip hop shit. And, you know, he kind of like took me under his wing and would just introduce me to whoever he knew from the scene in New York. Mm. So after years of going back and forth to make a long story short, I ended up linking up with Guru. He signed me to his label. And then I started, you know, as his hype man. And, you know, Bless. We he asked you about the video game. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, it, it goes to that. When mm. I finally got the opportunity to put out my first project here in Canada, mm. we did a promo tour with Lloyd Banks mm. when G-Unit was super Lloyd, hot. Lloyd, yeah. So we did like 12 or 14 cities everywhere in Canada. And they invited me to come up to the radio station in Vancouver, mm. yeah. where EA's development center was in like the suburbs of Vancouver. Okay. And I spit this freestyle on a whole bunch of 50 cent beats, because that's yeah, yeah, what was yeah. hot at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I guess it got a, a bit of a buzz. And they did like a, a New Year's recap show of the top freestyles of people who came up there. Yeah. And they played my shit. And somebody from from the from EA Sports from the video game company called the station like yo can you get us in contact with mm. dude oh man that's so do you they, think they needed a white guy and they just like demographics nah, or nah, like, they told you... I spoke to the guy personally and I was at first I thought it was somebody was fucking with me mm. so you know they called my label and they got my number yeah. and then they called me because the, the radio station had the labels and I'm, you yeah. know like you said that everybody went through the labels and yeah. shit so then like they called me and he's like you know this is so-and-so from ea we'd like to talk about putting you in this video game and i was like <laughs> who's this i thought it was one of my boys <laughs> fucking with me yeah. you know so uh he was like nah no it's for real and then he was like look like we're developing the game in canada there's no canadian artists in the game okay. you're a great freestyler we just had this fun idea to put one canadian in the game mm. and you're catchphrase will be like you think you could freestyle with bless they brought that to me mm. um and uh i was like uh sure <laughs> like, who crazy, says yeah. no to that yeah but the full circle thing was where they were like we have to get the approval of def jam because you know mm. you're not signed to def jam or whatever yeah. so i'm like okay well just, just sign let me, me to def jam you know and i was like <laughs> there was two separate entities so i'm like you know let me know if you need anything and they said that uh, Kevin Lyles, who was the president at mm -hmm. the time, remembered me. 
from a from meeting that he had with me shit. and they never signed me and it was like a crazy that was a story on itself but he was like yeah i remember him he's, he's you relate to that meeting he's no no that wasn't that was with <laughs> la reed fuck that was a big mistake but he remembered me and he signed off on me and then it happened but all Tight. those years before i had like camped out that's what lemmy was talking. i camped out in front of def jam for like a couple of days trying to bump into somebody that's crazy and when we finally did that we got our meeting and I flew back to New York for this meeting and I was all excited. Mm. And like five minutes in the meeting, I spit for, you know, Kevin Lyles and everybody's like, okay. And the, you know, it's pretty tense in the room. And yeah. he's like, he's like, I fuck with it. I see it. I see it. Guy gets a call. Foxy Brown was mad about, you know, not being on a soundtrack or some random mm. shit. He goes crazy. He's like, fucking bitch. Then he goes nuts. Lambs the phone. He goes, sorry guys, I got to reschedule the meeting. Damn. And just like that, my dream of being signed to Def Jam was uh, gone. And of course, we never got a meeting. So I was so hurt. I was so like crushed, yeah. uh, you know, after that meeting. And then like five years later, the video game opportunity happened because that didn't happen. That's crazy, man. So full circle. And like I said, it's a very long story, but definitely the Def Jam shit was just one of those opportunities that, I mean, you're, you're, you're in the business and I'm sure you've seen mm. your brother go through a gazillion things at this point. Yeah. There's so many opportunities that almost happen that yeah. could happen that you mm -hmm. have to teach yourself not to get excited about anything. Dude, you know, yeah, that's how that I am. I'm just like because yeah. nine out of ten times it doesn't happen. Yeah. And the Def Jam game was just one of those things that ended up happening. And I, I, I was supposed to be in a uh, an episode. I had a, a YouTube show back in the day. Mm. It was very popular. We were supposed to go to Usain Bolt's restaurants. He's got a chain in Jamaica mm. and film with him in his kitchens. And That's like three days before it happened, fell through. No Usain yeah. Bolt. I mean. That one hurt. That was. Being, like, I feel like being in the industry, um, you kind of realize that um, the opportunities you get aren't necessarily going to, they're not going to pan out the way. Usually they don't pan out at all. It's like. Man, I don't want to talk shit about the Junos, but I got nominated at the Junos, mm -hmm. and I was like, I feel like I remember I got the that best couple, how, how, like two, three years ago. Yeah, maybe? yeah, I remember yeah, seeing that three years ago, I think. But, but that's like, dope onto itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but great I was like, I feel like I, I got the be the best record. Mm -hmm. It was like, who was who was on there? It was like uh, Claremont the second, um, Tory Lanes, which eventually won because obviously it's Tory Lanes. But I was like. If the Junos want to make it actually relevant, mm. they would give it to me mm. and not give it to Tory Lanez, who has one song. Literally, it's like best rap album, and it's the Shooter's record, like <laughs> the Shooter's single. It's always so I'm political. like, damn, like, why why do you give it to Tory Lanez when and if literally it's a, I work my ass off in my basement? And if it's a popularity contest, then Drake would just have to be given yeah. every award forever exactly, in relation right. to anything Canadian and there would be no point exactly. in even nominating anybody exactly. else. That's what I'm saying. It's Nobody's like, going to overshadow that. But, but that's you know, the problem it, with Canadian, the, the Canadian uh, media. It's like, I can't deal with them. When it's I started too, dropping uh, records and this gentleman that I'm going to mention is a good friend of mine and I love him and he's mm. a great dude and he's always been supportive. But every year, Cardinal, Cardinal, Cardinal. Yeah. Every year they give it to Cardi because he's in Toronto. You know, he's, yeah, he's great like friends with everybody on the yeah, committee. He's sure. the token guy to give it yeah, to. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Of course, but of course. At, and you know, he was always super supportive. Like we used to do press runs yeah, together. Yeah, Cardi, though. I yeah, love Cardi. Yeah, 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 but I mean, I'm sure he would even agree with me at that point. It was like an exercise in futility, you know, you know, like. Yeah, man. But I mean, at the end of the day, 
this game is about pushing through all that shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying. It's like having all of these like expectations fall mm -hmm. in the water. You're just like not excited about anything anymore. Like, yep. Even, even with my girlfriend, like, you know, like she, like she tells me like, Oh, like we're going to do this. Aren't you excited? I'm like, no, I'm like, you know, we You're never like, know. No, what I got robbed for my Juno. <laughs> I'm never gonna feel <laughs> joy again. <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm not excited about anything anymore. Like, because yeah. I've I've seen so many things and I've and I've I know how it works. So it's like somebody that doesn't know what actually happens behind the scenes has an opportunity that I get. They mm -hmm. go crazy. They go nuts. Sure. For example, I performed Coachella this year. Mm -hmm. And it was like, everybody was like, oh my God, you, you're performing Coachella. It's crazy shit. Montreal, blah, blah. With your brother or something? No, no, just me. Good for you. Yeah. But it, it was like, That's I wasn't excited. Though. That's no, exciting. Though. I wasn't. You should be excited. You know what, man? I got over there. There was literally about 50 people at the, at the set. And it's like a huge ass stage. Mm -hmm. And like a huge but ass. You're, you're doing it at like two in the afternoon. It's, yeah. It's the first two, time you're doing this. You start yeah. at the bottom of the card. Videos, that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah of, course, of course. But I'm like, I wasn't excited. It's like I've seen K perform fucking Australia, fucking South Africa, all, all these places. Luke, can I ask you a question? Did you give them a good performance? You gave them 110 when you left the stage. I gave, sure I gave, him, I gave him yeah. a good performance. So then yeah. that's all that matters. That's but all that matters. That's all you can do. At the same time, I'm like, I'm sitting over here and I'm like, nobody's there you know what i mean everybody's somewhere else so oh bro the way i look at it a thousand it's like, times it's like i'm happy that i'm that i'm on there because it's, it's good for my name that's what it is but at the same time it's like bro <laughs> i would have rather you know stayed home or some shit you know for sure it'll it's come true, it'll it's come true. it'll, it'll, it'll like, take time, time man. yeah of course of course right but the, that's the game man i mean bro we've done you know crazy performances like uh, we did a couple years ago just before Prodigy passed, you know, I uh, was a special guest when Mob Deep went to Ottawa or whatever, mm. and it was a small club and they were producing all their, uh, they were uh, performing all their classes. People were yeah. losing their mind. We rocked five minutes before them. The crowd went crazy. Yeah. That was just a beautiful hip hop moment. I had 30 of my boys on stage. It was a movie. Yeah. And then there's the shows where you go all the way there and there's like six people standing there yeah. looking at you like you're a loser yeah. and you're like, oh, but this is humiliating. That's I still what I'm, have that's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> I still saying. have to like jump around and be like, yo, what's up, motherfuckers? You love this hip hop shit. Head, so let's go. Like, I'm like, yo. <laughs> and then Bro. you know what's ironic though? So you give it 110% because you fucking drove all the way to the city for nothing. Yeah. You still give it 110%. And yo, it'd be the small little venue where, yo, people will buy more, 20 people will buy more yeah. merch than a, than a packed house because yeah, people yeah, yeah. really appreciate that. And sometimes... There's like a, a quote that I saw, um, you know, perform to, I don't know what it is exactly, but let's say give it 110% because you never know who's watching. Yeah. Right. And just because it's a small audience, you never know. Yeah. I went on tour with um, FKJ, who's like not at all like my type of music. I didn't know he didn't, like he didn't make my type of music. I thought it was some like groovy shit, mm -hmm. but it's like for like old moms and their kids type of music. Yeah. And I'm here, I'm like, they announced it, like, they announced the tour like months ago and they didn't have a support, supporting act. And two weeks before the tour started, they were like, all right, Lou, we got this opportunity. You could go on tour. And I'm like, oh, this is my big break. Let's go. So I'm like, I got to fucking kill it. Mm -hmm. I go, I go to see a guy 
in Montreal, he does me like he he makes a mask for me because mm-hmm. I'm like I'm gonna, I'm gonna perform this, Doom shit. this angry ass yeah this angry ass energetic music. And then I'm going to switch up my vibe and take my mask off. And it's going to be like the big reveal and everybody's going to be crazy, right? Good everybody's going to go crazy. Yeah. Yo, first show, Vancouver. I get on stage and I see, <laughs> and I see like, it's a, it's a full house. Soccer moms. Bro, soccer moms, kids on, on the dad's shoulders and shit like that. Uh-oh. And I'm like, yeah, put your fucking hands up. And I'm fucking going crazy. And, and to shit. begin with, there's no black people in Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's, it's like, extra soccer mom. Doubt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, damn. And I'm like, just staring at the crowd and I'm like, put your hands up. Like, let's go. Like, <laughs> now you sound like bless. Yeah. Some motherfuckers. I'm like, keep going. Keep <laughs> trying going. to thug the crowd. Turn up, turn up. <laughs> Y'all like this trap shit? Yeah, I like this rap shit. <laughs> Nobody's like vibing at all <laughs> until I switch up the whole vibe of yeah. the show. And they're like, oh, okay, he does take his mask off. Mm. The second show was in Vancouver also. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, let me try the mask again. <laughs> See if it works. I try it again. I go on stage. I hear people laugh. Mm. It's like, That's not dang. So I'm like, all right. You know, so for the rest of the tour, I... Didn't put the mask on. I didn't put my wardrobe, whatever. Just came on as a regular ass artist that raps or whatever, and then switched up my whole track list, put all the smooth shit, and then it worked out. It but works. it's like, no matter what you expect, mm-hmm. I feel like you never get what you expect. Never. When you think, like, no matter what it is. But like, don't you feel like that's life in general? Yeah, pretty much. You know, pe- successful people are people who become good at adapting quickly. Yeah. Yeah, you know resilience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in this business, you better be a resilient, motherfucker. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still like, till this day, like everybody's, everybody's like, oh my god, like lose doing this, lose doing that, and it's just like an image, like literally, I'm still a regular guy. Well, that's important. You know stay humble, right? Regular dude and fucking chilling. I mean, at the end of the day, you know we do this, you know, whether it's the podcast or 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 producing or making records, because you love the shit. Because yeah. the shit really makes you feel uh, like you have something to look forward to in life. And you know what's bad That's the about biggest it? Gift. It's like when you get lost in the idea, like you get a, a small amount of attention, and you think you're like, "Oh man, I'm doing like I'm doing good," and I have to conform myself to what th- what works. You know, yeah. you don't want to try new shit because that already worked. Mm-hmm. But then people get lost in your in your like. Um, they get lost in the in the how how can i say this like you know how like rappers get boring mm-hmm. like as you were saying about fabulous mm-hmm. by not switching always, up their formula yeah yeah, yeah. They, they don't switch up their formula they don't try new shit mm-hmm. like i i i feel like it worked like the the like for example for my 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 first album like my first uh, mixtape the the song that worked was a funky song, so I was mm-hmm. like, "All right, I'm make I'm gonna be funky. I'm gonna be the funky dude that raps." You like know? you were on that Anderson Pac kind yeah, of yeah, 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 vibe, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like Gold Link, Anderson Pac type shit. Yeah, I and got I it. Like, when I, I got it when I checked out yeah. your early shit. So I was like, "Okay, this is gonna work," but then I did my second album and I dropped it with uh, E1, and I was like, "The label's gonna push me and blah blah and this and that," but it's it all sounds the same, mm-hmm. even though it's a good album to my ears. I feel like people were like, all right, it's kind of boring because it's the same thing. Mm. Nothing changes. Mm. So now for my next album, 
I'm going to go back to the basics to like basically trying shit and like mm -hmm. trying new stuff, just like trying to make shit work. But you're an artist and part of being an artist is finding your sound and finding yeah. it again and finding it again. Yeah. It's the fans and the labels that try and put that, put artists in that box. Mm. Like this guy's a gangster rapper. Yeah. This guy's a conscious rapper. This guy right. only does boom bap. Yeah, this guy, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like a lot of people just, even for me in, in my own career, like people always thought because of my affiliations to Guru and Gangstar mm. that they're always going to hear me on some premier alchemist kind of shit. And don't yeah. get it wrong. I love that shit. We all do. Yeah. I come from that school, but I don't only rap on boom bap mm. tracks with scratch hooks. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously, you know what I mean? Any good. It was up to you. You would. Though. No, that's what you want to no, do. Come on, no, no, you don't no, want to no. spit a sixteen the bless way. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know, I just believe as an artist, you could still be lyrical mm. and take chances. You know, part of the reason people love Biggie so much is because Puff forced him to rap on R and B samples, mm -hmm. and it was something really refreshing. That. He didn't want to do that; he wanted to rap on Premier beats. Mm. But if Premier had done all of Biggie shit, maybe it wouldn't have had the cultural impact that it did. Yeah, not to take no away way. from the amazing moments that he had with Prem. Mm -hmm. It's just there's it's a sauce. And yeah. as a, as a, as a, as a chef, you're always improvising with your yeah. ingredients to make different shit. Yeah. So if you just told a fucking master chef, you made a great cheeseburger once, don't fucking make anything but a cheeseburger for the rest of your career, the guy would be like, is this a joke? Yeah. But as an artist, oh, you had one hit where you talk some gangster shit, we yeah, better not hear about, you do yeah. nothing but that. Yeah. And I think like Kanye catches so much flack, even <clears throat> right now, right? With this Jesus is King shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's shocking that he's trying to reinvent himself and p do the whole religious thing. But bro, that's what the fuck being an artist is. You're not yeah. supposed to be stable. Yeah. Look at the, look at Madonna. She reinvented herself all the time. Yeah. That's what the fuck people should strive to be able to be. Not, not everybody is as out there as Kanye, yeah. so they don't want to take that risk. Yeah, pretty much. Right? Mob Deep couldn't do a Jesus is King album. Yeah. It was weird. It was counter to their brand, but why does it have to be? Yeah, it's like, but... Mm. Yeah, I it depends on who you are, though. Yeah, exactly. like Pharrell can get away with it. Maybe you can get away with it. Kanye certainly can get away with yeah. it because everybody talks shit about the album. But I and mean, it's number Kanye, one on everything. Kanye's Kanye works because it works because um, he won't put, put one himself of his, in the box. One of his most popular songs is "Jesus Walks." So if he does a Jesus album, it's like, okay, we, we have the old Kanye back. You know what I mean? But it is not. But and he's not, being yeah. very clear yeah. that I won't even perform Jesus Walks with the same words because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. anti-whatever. Yeah. I just think that he's smart enough to keep playing. You know, look, look how people like 50 Cent marketed himself. Mm. They marketed their campaign on beef with other rappers. Yeah. So they just kept you know, personifying the street shit, the street yeah, shit, yeah, the street yeah. shit. And it worked for them. Yeah. But a guy like Kanye, because he wasn't going to go that route for obvious reasons, he decided, let my art be controversial. Yeah. Let my rebirth be controversial, my metamorphosis, my, yeah. I'm going religious, I'm going crazy, I'm marrying Kim Kardashian, fashion, this, that. Yeah. You want the old Kanye, da, 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 all that yeah. rant that he did. But bro, we're it all worked. here talking about yeah, his yeah. art. Yeah. That's fucking dope. I feel like Kanye is the only person that's going to go, like one of the only rappers in like that's going to go down in history, like years from now. Mm -hmm. Like people because are going to say like, oh, like Kanye West. Like, you know how like we talk about um, Shakespeare, you know, shit like that. I feel yeah. like 
Kanye is going to be one of these people. You know? Yeah, I mean, bro, it took balls for him to switch lanes so many mm. times and really risk losing a lot. Because Kanye had a lot to lose, bro. A lot to lose. Yeah. Even with the whole Trump shit. Nobody agrees with him supporting well, yeah. Trump. I think it earlier. But it was high level trolling. Yeah. And it took a lot of balls to risk. Or was it really trolling? Like that's that's what's that's what's weird with Kanye. We never know you never if know. he's actually trolling or not. You, you know? never know. Yeah. But that's what makes it interesting. You know? But yeah. it did take balls. Whether you like it or whether you know what I'm saying? Whether, yeah. you know, I think in hip hop it was almost suicidal at the time to endorse Trump. Yeah, okay? of course. Just because the perception of Trump and the way he talks is so crazy and ignorant. It's not even like... Nobody wanted to stand behind You that. know what's crazy? It's not, even, it's not even like music. It's just like... Like the impact that Trump has on, on people oh. is like... Is insane. Not necessarily a good thing at all no, in no. any way, shape, or form. But for Kanye to, to, you know, to be a brother... And to have this voice and being yeah. the prodigal son of Chicago and put that hat on, yeah. boy, that's elephant nuts. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, some people might have attributed it to him having that like nervous breakdown at the yeah. time, but he's willing to do crazy shit. And it shows how much influence Kanye has that that didn't even really put a dent in his career mm. is mind blowing. It did. It kind of did. I don't listen to Kanye the same way. Like I didn't listen to the Jesus is King album. But he on, was well, like on every, it, every track was, like, was on Billboard, bro. The the Jesus is yo any every tra fucking yo, track let me is tell on you Billboard, bro. bro. Let me tell you something. Anybody that has a music history that was popular at some point and that drops an album, his each and every track is gonna be in the Billboard. No, but we just can pull it up. The way, were, he was like in the top of everything. Yeah, for but every just song. just just because the way the way streaming works. Yeah. I feel like everybody that drops an album and that has some sort of hype around it will be number one or have. I, with have I know what you mean. It's, it's almost like they have that system. Yeah, it's like now. a rotation, literally. Mm -hmm. Like, like where's like Tyler's album dropped like not even a year ago? Where's his album now? You know, mm -hmm. like same for Drake. Same for well, Drake is probably the only one that Drake still benefited from the double album because yeah. he was able to break every record by just having so much more catalog. Yeah, you but, understand but what Drake, I mean? But Drake is the only one that is actually able to stay on a on a chart for so long. It's amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's amazing. So so I feel like it did put a dent on Kanye's Kanye's uh uh like career maybe on his legacy Trump, like maybe just the on fact his legacy that him going crazy it was like ah yeah. oh, man like why did you have to fuck up like <laughs> but maybe on his legacy we'll have to wait you know 5 10 yeah. more years to see the effects but it certainly didn't hinder his sales man his mm. shit's flying bro yeah. not just music but i everything. feel like people like kanye more just cuz he's like edgy not even because of his music yeah cuz Honestly, the if I'd been around Pablo him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have like, advised him to, to do any of, of that. Of course not. Of course not. Nobody would have. Yeah, he would have done it still. <laughs> yeah, but, because you know. he's that kind of guy. Mm. He likes to light the fire. But, you know, maybe the Trump shit isn't the best example, but creatively, I think that can be very yeah. uh, interesting. And I just think a lot of, like, you know, in hip hop, we're so one dimensional. Yeah. We can only digest it like a certain way. Yeah. And it takes guys like Pharrell and Kanye to redefine that yeah. it's okay to go over here. It's okay. Yeah. Like, come on. Did you ever think like a super respected rapper like Kanye would make an entirely Christian album? Like, Honestly, yes. Yeah, me too. Kanye is the only person I would see 
Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, and if, we, if we take there's away a big Christian music, yeah, that's, what, it's I was, just its that's what I was scene. about to say. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, if we take away the Chris, the Christian rap scene or the yeah. Christian scene in general, yeah, I I think Kanye is the only person that oh, is yeah. not like in that scene that would actually yeah. make an album. Kanye or Pharrell, as you know. Uh, as soon Kanye, as I saw yeah. the Sunday service shit taking so much um, and it's like, life. That's like trial and error, technically. Because yeah. yeah. it's like, he wants to build a church and, you know, he wants to do all these things. But it's like, imagine if nobody really cared. Would he actually have done the, the Jesus is King album? Well, they cared because of his stature, right? Yeah. But I just mean it's kind of funny to hear it's such a fucking hoe. I love yeah, it. And then I'm your a, next single. I'm is, a sick fuck. I like my dick sucked. Yeah. I like like to yeah. to I will I'm never gonna curse in my rhymes. That's yeah, what he said. But it's like, do we actually believe him? No, but isn't it better <laughs> isn't it better to troll like that as an artist than to like incite violence and street beefs and perpetuate shit? Yeah, that's but that's what I was saying about that that's what I was needs. saying about artists in general. It's interesting. It's an like, interesting marketing. Yeah, point. whether it's like paint uh, like paintings or or fucking scripts or movies or et cetera. No matter what type of art you do, when you're at that level, you could do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And people have to perceive it the way they want. Mm-hmm. It's like Banksy. Banksy, basically, I feel like his art is like a mockery. Mm-hmm. He recently dropped a, a, a website where anybody could buy a Banksy piece for um, 500 bucks. Wow. Right? Anybody. Wow. But the thing is, you have to write your name. You have to write the reason. And, and you have to write the reason why you want the piece. Mm. And it's like, why does art matter? Mm. And it's like you could, you know what I mean? It's like a mockery when you think about it. It's yes. like, and then he 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 put a bar on why, and he says, "Does art matter?" Mm. So you're like thinking, like, is he is he gonna troll us or is he? You know what I mean? Yeah, he's there to make you question things. Yeah, that's what it is. But that's what art is, pretty much. It's like you took the you words always out of make my mouth. people question what you know what's next. You know, like, and who's gonna decide? Who's gonna actually decide? Um, who who gets the the pieces or not is a stand up comedian. You know what I mean? A stand up <laughs> comedian reads the answers and he's like, "All right, this guy deserves it." And then he does a background check. You know what I mean? Yeah. They do a background check to make sure that you're not super rich or wealthy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Or you're not some art collector. Yeah, exactly. Who was like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like some like when you're at that level where you don't need. Like where where your your popularity is like no matter what you do you can you actually have fun with guys it. guys I've been in a position where I had a show and we always used to dictate the tempo and then it became a time where we didn't dictate the tempo anymore and we kind of followed suit and that's when you never get it back and you got to switch your whole flow up you got to do something completely different because mm. if you're at that level that Kanye level where you dictate what they want yeah you can do whatever the fuck you want yeah. Right? Pretty much. But I, I had a famous cooking show, and we were the cooking show. We told everyone what they were going to do, and everyone else tried to do. And then, slowly but surely, you can't be on top forever. Mm. It, it is what it is. Yeah. You know? But as an artist, I don't believe it should be about being on top forever. It should be about constantly reinventing yourself right. and making important art. So that's important. Impactful yeah, art. Yeah, yeah, pretty Because much. you might have a certain brand of hip-hop that speaks to you more and vice versa, but... Real art should make you think or at least invoke some sort of an emotion. And you know what's crazy? Is that the artist doesn't think about that when he, when they make their art. 
Mm. You know, it's you, you get what I mean. Of course, when it's you like, overthink it, it you has fuck to it be up. natural. It oh, has yeah. to be like, it's like you have to be gifted. Yeah, to, like you think Salvador Dali thought about this is gonna be super impactful for me. No, you know I mean? Picasso, he's just whatever. trying shit. Yeah, he was like, All and right. the people interpret what's. He was impactful. like, I'm doing whatever the fuck I want, and if you like it, you <laughs> like it. If you don't, you don't. But there's no other way to make real art. Yeah. Or else it's not art. Yeah, you exactly. said it before with it's the a, smoke a joint and like make the keys exactly. dance, you know? That's exactly what it exactly. is. Bro, I'm, I'm in the studio four nights a week of my life for the last decade. <laughs> and that's all I do is just play around with, 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 you know, different chords with my partner. And sometimes I'll say a joke and we'd be drinking and you say a joke. So oh, that's a punchline. Yeah. And sometimes you just dumb out and you don't think about anything. And the entire song basically comes like one big freestyle. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. you go back and you refine it and you clean it up. Yeah. I, I want to ask you like, what's your writing process? Like you go in the studio and then you just, it's, it's so weird. I feel like I'm interviewing you. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. It's not an interview. It's a conversation. But it's um, like, you know, you know, like the way I do it is basically I'm like, I sit down, I listen to the beat, and then I I close my eyes, mm. and then the first line that pops up, actually, I listen to the beat, I take out my phone, and then I gibber over it just to get the flow of it. And then yeah. switch like I, I switch the, the gibber for words. Yeah. And I have the when I have the first line, everything comes like the first line I feel like is the most You know who important, does that? You know who, who does that? Who? Timberland. Timberland does that religiously. Mm. I was in the studio with his artist back in the day, DOE. They had that um, record with Kerry Hilson. They won a Grammy for it. Mm. Um, um, baby, girl, whatever. So mm. he had showed me that that is the process that Timberland taught him, mm -hmm. where you basically, you get the cadence and the melody, and yeah. then you say gibberish, and yeah. then you fill it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, Michael Jackson. They have those like old uh, yeah. thriller tapes yeah. where it's like studio sessions. You see them do that. But I find that's really effective for me personally when it comes to like writing hooks mm. or more, um, uh, you know, uh, melodic music, you yeah. know, like if I'm trying to write records for other people or whatever, yeah. um, or just something more eclectic. But when it comes to some like rhyming, rhyming, like bars, yeah. um, once upon a time when I was a kid, Every time I want to, like in my in my heart, I want to outwrap Big L and Big Pun and Nas. Yeah. Like I want to, like I don't I don't want to waste one inch of that verse. Okay, it's the so, same for me. It was the same for me at yeah. some point. I was like, I need to make the maximum impact. Yeah, like I have to listen to it and, I'm, and I have to be like, God damn, like I fucking killed it. You know what I mean? But I had to force myself out of that box. Because it's not always the best thing for the record. Yeah. And as, as I progressed, I started to try and challenge myself to go into the booth with maybe, like you said, like one or two lines, like a, just a, a starting point mm. and reverse engineer. Yeah. Where I forced myself to go, you know, four lines, you know, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. stop and analyze it and go another four. And then I got better and better at yeah. not. So I never really was writing. I either had the whole shit in my mind completely created that I'd gone over so many times that I'm just going to do it in one take right. or completely unprepared, which was terrifying when I started doing it because yeah. I was so technical and I had to like break myself out of that mold yeah. of always having to be so technical. And then I saw Kanye do an interview where he said, uh, feeling is more important than perfection. Yeah. Of course. Mm. You know, and I started forcing myself out of that box where every 
verse has to be yeah, yeah, yeah. tight, 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 tight. Yeah. You yeah. know? And Biggie was great at that. Mm-hmm. Biggie, to me, Biggie has the greatest flow yeah. of all time. Yeah. Because sure. of the way he was in that playful pocket. Nobody could be as playful. Nas is maybe, my, I would say Nas is my favorite lyricist, but he mm. never had that Biggie cadence. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Jay was an incredible in between of the both. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what made these guys exceptional. Yeah. Can you I know? can I can I uh say something that no one ever says? And sure. I'd love I'd like to hear both your opinions on it. Jay got that crown, Jay got that spot, Jay got a lot cuz a couple guys died. <laughs> right? I, I don't, I don't nah. believe that. No? No. I, I think he slid right in there cuz there was an opening. No, I think when he put out reasonable doubt Biggie was in his video. They were happy to be around him. I think he already had that on the underground. Okay. He was already uh, contending for a spot. I get what you're saying though. I, I think his yeah, could have been but it's too easy a it conversation to have yeah, for sure. because it would be right what you're saying had Jay not been the shit time, before they died. I remember you know a time. Crazy? Go. I'm sorry to cut go, you go, off. Go, go. You know what's crazy is, you, like we know how Diddy like does one album, two albums, and then cuts the the artist off. You know what I mean? Imagine if he would have done the same with Biggie. But he would never. We don't know, though. Because That's of the what I'm impact. saying. We don't know. Well, I'll tell you one thing that we do know. Craig Mack, bro. Craig Mack. You remember Craig Mack? Of course. Bro, Craig, where's we Craig Mack now? We used to do shows on his freestyle. Rest in peace. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. Shit. Craig Mack and Puff never got along. Like, mm. uh, supposedly, Craig Mack and, and Puff would bump heads, and he didn't want to listen to Puff's direction, and Puff was probably controlled. Supposedly, free. Puffy wasn't allowed in the studio when, when he was So you already know that's not going to last. But you're going to tell me. Puffy would never backstab one of his best homies. You gotta tell me. Of course he would. That's what I'm saying. Listen, listen, you expect him to do that. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, present to any of these things, and I don't know any of these guys personally. But I would just speak on my experience in the music business. Mm. I've seen a lot of people doing what's convenient for them and what works for them. That's what I'm saying. So I would agree with you in that respect. But big, from what I heard, like I saw a lot of, you know, different. conflicting stories about it kind of already wanted to start his own label and move away from bad boy Mm. so had he not been cut down in his prime you're right maybe he would have left puff yeah but i don't think it was the latter i don't think puff wanted him to leave maybe not at that time but imagine if his was it third record fourth record third he dropped two albums or three albums two two right two Two and like a leftovers Plate. Yeah, but that doesn't count. While well, he was alive, yeah, yeah. 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 So let's say his third album wasn't as the, yeah, yeah. Like imagine if it it wasn't that hot. So you're saying would Biggie have been turned into Coolio? <laughs> would it have been Coolio? Like, maybe, maybe, maybe. Or would he have maybe, tur- yeah. turned into what DMX where DMX is at or whatever? Who yeah, knows? Yeah, like yeah, DMX is a perfect example. Okay, who, who knows? knows? Who knows? But one thing that we can say is. Uh, Jay-Z's business acumen Mm. was Eon's past Biggie's business acumen. Biggie was an artist who was super talented, who received a lot of direction from his label and had very little control over his business. Jay, a completely different beast. Yeah. You know, he was... But that's why I'm saying... I said said it. Yeah, yeah. And I'll I'll tell you straight up, I remember there being names like Cormega 
and Nas and and AZ and there was just a lot of names in that in that yeah. same vein. And Jay Z, yes, his business. He, was he went and grabbed that ring as being it. the king of New York. But what I'm explaining to you is he was the only one positioned, except for Nas, to grab that king of New York because mm. it would have been Nas if it wasn't him. And that's what that rivalry was about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But the reason Jay grabbed it and Nas didn't is because I think Jay was willing. A lot of people forget after Reasonable Doubt, he did a lot of records that were even Dame Dash said it. They were like. Eh. Mm. Love me, baby. Dun, 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 dun. People forget that, Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah. They only remember what they want to remember. Yeah. He took a lot of risks with that, you know, credibility, which was so important more then than ever, to get to that commercial status. And the hard knock life shit. Yeah. I really can't say because, you know, I can't predict the future or anything. Like, I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't have been the number one guy. Maybe he would have been the number two guy if mm. if Big hadn't passed. But he positioned himself. His business was in order better than anyone's. Super. But I'm saying as far as the music was, goes, it was all kind of like a blur back then. But he was best. It, I, what I say is that he was best suited to take that spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's what happens in this business. You know all right, I mean? let me ask you this question now. Do we actually think mm. Tupac mm. is up there? Oh, man. That's the real question. A lot of people hate my answer because I met Pac I feel when like I was- I like, agree with you. Uh, yeah, I feel, like <laughs> I feel like we have similar musical tastes. Yeah. Um, I met Pac when I was 11 years old. He was the first superstar I ever met. And he was so nice to me. Mm. And he was always in my mind because like, I had that great- uh, encounter, you know, yeah. experience with him. Um, but I would agree with you, man. When Biggie was out and Hove was out and Nas was out, I wasn't checking for Pac in that way. And it, this is pre-East Coast, West Coast beef. Yeah. Because obviously I was an ignorant East Coast, East New York, mm. Brooklyn, boom, bap, diehard hip hop yeah. head. I wore motherfucking Air Max 95s and 95 with army pants mm. and champion hoodies. You know, like yeah. that's what we were on. I Militant hip hop shit. <laughs> and and um, I think Pac was ahead of his time. Yeah. And I think he was an amazing poet. And I think that his music resonates so much to this day because of his writing style. Mm. But at the time, it definitely flew over my head because I wanted to hear that big L. I wanted that pun. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. You know what there's I mean? There's something about there's something about New York, like New York music, yeah, that like resonates so much with me for some reason. Maybe it's the funk, the funkiness of the flow. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a different animal. I felt like a lot of the production that Pac picked was very minimal yeah. and very scaled down and not as evolved as what was making me excited out of New like, York. Tupac is a great rapper. Oh, yeah. Great rapper. And an incredible... But it's and, like, and, imagine, and if, imagine if... Um, you see how we, we look at Nipsey? Are we going to look at Nipsey the same way we look at Pac? Very similar in my 20 opinion. years from It's a now. good question. You know I, mean? I think very question. similar. I, I think that think? they're both. You think Nipsey's going to have the up. impact long term on hip hop culture that Pac had? I think they were revolutionary. I think they were more about themselves and the men that they were. Than I believe the music. Nipsey deserves it, but I don't know if he will get it. Okay. I, I think Simply because of the massive catalog that Pac had before he passed away. Yeah. And because his entire career was surrounded by massive okay. drama I and agreed, controversy. Yeah, but, but Nipsey was. His hood. Pop, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. lived yeah, all over yeah. the no world doubt, and, no and touched a lot of people. Nipsey was so Maybe. cemented in his yeah. 
hood in his in his area that like the stuff he was doing in his community is just as big as anything to listen yeah. i think i think that it's it's you know a horrible horrible tragedy that he got cut down in his prime and i think Man, he would have grown to was, just be bigger ugh. and bigger and might have reached a pox status but he got cut down so early. It's sad, man. It's honestly... Uh, it's man. unbelievable. It was really shocking. Yeah. That all these years later, we didn't learn our lesson from what happened to Big and Pac. But I feel like Nipsey is like... the Not the last person from the hood that would get shot. You know what I mean? Like I Certainly like maybe nine, the last who deserved it. I feel like 6 9 would have got <laughs> yeah. shot first. You know Isn't what I mean? Isn't it unbelievable... Like, that shit played out the way it did with Six Nine. Yeah, when he was fucking begging for but it. He's, when and he's a, out, he's and a fucked. brother like Nipsey, fuck, it's it's disgusting. That's what I'm saying. When he's out, he's like Six Nine is. You know, it's gonna be hard for him, man. It's gonna be hard. I kind of feel bad for him at the same. It's like because I have a kind heart. I'm not like yeah. I'm not like on some like no, poor I'm six. Like, he's a snitch or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Poor nah. six nine. First of all, you're a better me, person than I am. Then. To me, it wasn't <laughs> about. I want to see what happens. I to me, see it wasn't about throw. him being a snitch. Anybody who's ever spent any time in that world knew that if the pressure gets put on six nine, he will snitch. Yeah, of course. A everybody anticipated. Of course, but. He snitched be, like when he had that case with the girl. Like, he would have snitched right away. You know what I'm saying? What was shocking to me is how irresponsible he was. Yeah. Knowing that if he gets put in a bad situation, he won't handle it properly. Mm. Why would you put fuel on the fire? Why would you beg people who are being good to you to go and jump off the roof? That's like you come and say, hey, bro, come do a podcast with me. And you're like, okay, brother, I'm gonna come. And then you're like, hey, would you mind uh, jumping off the roof and see if you break your legs? Maybe it'll help the views. And you'd be like, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> but 6 9 was like, hey, bro, do me a favor. Go jump off that ledge. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so He's wild, man. I, I really think though, and me and Lemmy discussed this earlier, that he had, there's something off with him mentally. Mm. Remember I said that many 100%, 100%. times? I said, this kid's not all there. It's not a, a normal person doesn't tattoo their entire face. In the span of like a year and, and a half, body. he switched it's his whole life. <laughs> Whatever. His whole body with the same, the same number. And then everywhere. join a vicious gang yeah. and take part publicly yeah. for views. I mean, you've really lost your mm -hmm. mind or any set. Like, what's the exit strategy here? That's what I, yeah. Living it. Probably just wasn't smart, <laughs> witness like, protection. We gotta get super hot and then die. Witness protection or death? There's Those no witness right. protection for this guy. Yeah, at this point, it's, it's not like even you possible even, for him. Like, you're gonna. And he signed a $10 million deal or something. Guess shit? what, though? It's not real? Ten, oh, yeah, it's real. Oh, it's real? How much do you think the kind of security that's gonna be required at to keep him safe is per million. year? There you go. <laughs> you know? So he's got about five year budget for proper armed bodyguards, yeah. and then if 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 that pony don't don't doesn't go, he's you have know? to fucking shave his head, tattoo removal, move to Cuba, all that shit, you know, bro. It's ain't none sad, of that man. gonna happen, bro. He's gonna get shot. <laughs> that that security and it's budget. Like, who's like which security is gonna want to work for for off six nine off duty police? Will charge three hundred k a year per guy. You They're gonna three want to four work? guys. Off-duty, uh, like off-duty or retired, yeah, they yeah. do private security, and they have a badge. Nah, but like, you know you're going to get shot at all the time. Right? Well, not Literally if you're not if your you're life not, is not, not doing that job is what he's saying. Nah, but yeah. not if his security is actually police. Like, 50 used to do that. Nah, but... Everybody knew hey, that. Hey, nobody's going to want to, like, keep this guy safe. Oh, I agree you with you. What so I mean? imagine what kind of mer top-level mercenaries... Literally. ...who are going to vest up... 
and be ready for, I think even, for action. Yeah, it's how like much you does literally that cost? gotta get some like army shit. You yeah, know how what much mean? does that cost? Walk though? with a tank. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's gonna cost a million dollars a year minimum well, in security. Yeah. So that's sh- that that clock and is, your family and your fucking it's real your crazy. kids, your fucking your wife, all it, that. It's an unfortunate situation that I think people glorified to get cheap views. And this was the first social experiment of social media going yeah. horribly wrong. Yeah. Because everybody from my train of thought, from an era where you said the wrong thing and you really got banged out, yeah. we were all like, yo. This is not going to go well. Mm. It's just impossible. It's the equivalent of driving up a highway, I think, hundred miles an hour with your eyes closed yeah. and expecting not to have a massive accident. I think I think anybody was looking at six nine and they were just laughing. No, bro. There was a lot of people that were trying to jump on that business model. Really? Oh shit! If I align myself with the right gang and I show out and I do and too the, much oh, on shit. social media, I'm going to get that wave. But like. He was a, he made himself let's the sacrificial say, Let's one. say like the regular white guy from like the suburbs of uh, There was one. Of Montreal. There was one. It's but like, he was American. Uh, His name was Slim Jesus. Was just about, yeah. Nah, Slim Jesus was before six nine. I know, but I'm saying there was some ass clowns nah, to but come I'm, before. No, nah, but him. I'm saying like People look at Six Nine. They don't. They don't glorify him necessarily. They they think he's a comedian. You know what I mean? They think they, it's all yeah, a joke. Yeah, I know what you mean. They think they you know they're not laughing with him. And I, it's sad because some of Six Nine's music is actually good. You know what I mean? Some of his music is actually good. But, it sounds like some MOP shit but, from like back in the. But, you know but, what I mean? I, I told the energy I'm, like. Hey, bro, I'm a big MOP fan. I get the energy that rah rah yeah. that fucking. But a lot of people forget. Just before he came out as a six nine, we knew he was like dressing like a goth weirdo and yeah, like doing yeah, yeah, other yeah. shit. So he was not all there. He handed out it was well doc. He handed out bandanas on the fucking set and was like, "Hey, like I know you guys are are this crew. Do you want to be in this video?" Yeah. And then it went viral, and everybody thought it was the greatest situation. Like yeah. he thought he had a cheat code, but they warned him at Hot ninety seven. They warned him, Fat Joe. A lot of people warned him, like, "Yo." You can't move like this and survive in the real world. Yeah. And then on top of it, you're begging for trouble. It was mind-blowing at the time. And I think he's really lucky that... He's alive. He's alive already. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he pissed a lot of people off and shit on a lot of codes that a lot of people live by. Even on the music industry side, on the street side. And, you know, if you were to say, hey, yo, I want to make a couple hundred grand today. You know a way to do it? Mm. A stupid person could go into a bank and stick up the bank. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? It's a suicide mission. Yeah. You know it's not going to work. Yeah. And that's the reason most people didn't do what 6ix9ine did. They yeah. knew it was a suicide mission. Yeah. So it's kind of, he's kind of a bit of a weirdo to me that he didn't realize that things would play out really, really fucking badly. I mean, I think he knew low-key. I think he knew it was going to... But do you have no sense of self-preservation but or no sense of danger? I Some think people it's no just sense. don't give a fuck. You know what yeah, I mean? That, that's it. Some I people think it's, just don't care. But wouldn't we call that mental illness on some level? Yeah, it is. It's like somebody like that call goes it for what it is. Just because he's on social media and he wears a gold chain doesn't mean he's not mentally disturbed. Yeah, no, there's something exactly. not right. With exactly. The guy, no, he's he's you know? crazy, bro. He's this like, is really crazy. He's actually bro. crazy. Like, he's I'm, really I'm, crazy. You remember that um, Breakfast Club interview? Like you could tell, like he's not all there. No. 
Anyways. And I felt like it was very irresponsible for a lot of people to fuel that fire. But at the same time, there was people like Ebro who I saw, mm -hmm. like Angie Martina. I saw a few interviews where people were trying to kick game to him and be like, yo, like, come off the ledge. Yeah. But it's like, he's at the top of the game, you know what I'm saying? Like, doing what he, what he does. Nobody told him to do otherwise. Yeah. Now, when he's big and he's making millions... Some some radio host is gonna tell him like nah like stop doing that you're gonna get in trouble whatever I get they it. care and then, well the fire <laughs> was already blazing yeah, right so it's like it's already fucking. done like that's why he's popular anyway like mm -hmm. if he would have made regular music nah, never nobody would have ever, ever put him on a platform you know ever but so, you know people have two different kind of goals if you look at hip hop as a lick as a quick hustle mm -hmm. that you just want to get in and get out that's a whole different thing than from what you know my perspective of what I want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've never been interested in making a clown of myself to make a couple dollars off of music because yeah. to me, this shit is spiritual. This is my religion. Yeah. You know what I mean? You wouldn't spit on God or on your religion for a couple bucks. Yeah, I would I mean, never do that to I'm pretty sure he doesn't know anything about probably music anything. Probably in general. You know? Anything about anything. anything. Yeah. So if his goal was that, then he maybe did that's I. What, maybe that he wanted <laughs> to be you know famous. What I mean? like, it's like, maybe he wanted to be famous. Like, yeah. You know how like... Um, Magnota, like the the fucking, what was his goal behind killing that fucking the the Asian dude? Mental illness. Men, nah, I mean the goal was to be famous, but the, the mental moment. illness got in the way, obviously. Yeah. But his his goal was to be famous. 100%. So like people will do anything to be famous. You know what I mean? Isn't that the saddest it social is. comment? And then you add saying. no value to life. He actually doesn't care about your life or anyone around yeah, he him. Wants, he just, all he wants to do. But is guess be what, famous. guys. None of that would happen if they're not mentally ill. Because a normal Fine. person yeah. is not willing to do all that for anything. It's Fine. true. It's because true. they understand how insane it is, you yeah. know? And that speaks to a broader topic, which maybe all the social media is shifting people yeah. with anxiety and depression into going overboard. Yeah. You know what definitely. I mean? It's like there dangling a, a stake in front of a pit bull. You want this? You want this? Go go go! Do this and film yourself. You want? I mean, it's fucked up. But who ends up doing those things? Impressionable people who are younger, who are really impressionable out. people that don't come from a, a solid background. Yeah. You look at uh, Brigoli, Daniel Daniel Brigoli, bad, bad baby. Like yeah. that's sad. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, sad yeah. to me. I mean, I I, I watch it and yeah. I laugh and I watch I like, poke at the monkey in the zoo kind of thing. But it's wrong. It's like but everybody's poking at the monkey. Yeah, it's wrong. Mm. And is that what our is that what pop culture is becoming? Just like chewing people up and spitting much, them out and watch them crash and is. burn online. That's really what it is. Yeah. And then there's like the the same people. Like it's entertainment, you know. But too high a price to pay sometimes. Yeah. And we have to figure out as a culture where that line is. Where I, you're you know like, what? I think it's a personal balance that you need to figure out for yourself how much shit you can take at, on course. a daily basis. Of course. I unfollowed every stripper on Instagram recently. I felt great about it. It was an important move. Did you find God I know, like I wake Kanye? up in the morning, I'm a happier person without seeing that much ass from the strip club the night before. I'm a better person because of it. You should stop jerking off altogether. Yeah, you, jerk you might off. become a famous seen. boxer. But do you know boxers don't have sex or jerk off before a fight? Of course. Of course. Yeah. You should try that. I'm you're not preparing for a fight. Much. I'm just saying I want to be a <laughs> Let me I understand your point is you're jerking off too much. <laughs> so back to... <laughs> I'm just joking. So back to you, bro. Um, when you said road manager, that hat that you yeah. play as a role manager, was that for your brother's yeah. projects or for other... For, for my brother. Pretty much. So when your brother first started really popping, you would travel with him a lot. Talk yeah, to so me about I, some I was, of those experiences. I was at school 
And like my mom, well, K K was on tour, and then my mom was like, "Yo," and you'll never hear a, a Haitian mom say that ever. She'll be like, she was, uh, she, she said, K needs help. You need to go help him. You could quit school if you want. And I'm like, wow. wow. Say say less. <laughs> let's let's you're go. Like, you're like, wait a minute, ma. You mean I get to go on rap tours instead yeah. of sitting in class? Pretty much. And ride this incredible and you know wave. Up? It's like there was only like a year left in my for my diploma. I left school like a, to do music too. Account, uh, accountant, you know what I mean? Wow. I would have been an accountant right now, you know? <laughs> it's like it's crazy. <laughs> but, then, but that's the path. It's, you were supposed to go then. Yeah. She saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not well. So talk to tell me some of some of the crazier stories. Honestly, some uh, some things that stuck out to you. Just a great moment, a crazy moment. Honestly, man, there wasn't any crazy moments because K is very, like, Chill. very mellow. Like, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't want to go out. doesn't want to. One of, one of the things I've done with K was probably go to, like, uh, the craziest thing. Well, not crazy, but it's, like, eh, it's whatever. But um, I went to, like, an Oscar after party because he was DJing over there. Dope. Like, seeing all these, like, celebrities and all these actors and, you know, Drake was there, like... Uh, Jimmy Iovine again. Everybody was there, like, and and the actress that won um, best uh, best female actress that year came up to me and she started talking to me like about mm-hmm. nothing, you know, like just talking about just talking, you know. And I was like, I didn't know who she was, and then somebody came up to me and she was like, "Do you know who that is?" And I'm like, "Nah." And you're like, "Oh my god, she won the fucking she won the award." And who was it? Um, you still don't know, know that, that movie. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I saw the movie. I saw. I don't know her name. Now we know your tr- I, your story's true. I saw the movie. <laughs> no, that's great. And, and the you name, know what? I, I don't know the name, but it's the the movie's called um, Three Billboards at uh, Ebbing, some like Missouri, some shit like that. But it's amazing movie, amazing actress. I didn't know who she was. She came up to me, like started talking. I was like, okay, like. You know, cool. And then, so that must have really motivated and inspired you to really like be like, yo, I got to put my all into this music and make sure I it's like, continue yeah. down this path. But that was like it's years inspiring. ago, right? That was like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I feel like these moments kind of kind of blur mm. your 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 focus because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, what do I like? What's the formula to be famous right now? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm. and like. You focus on what's actually popping right now instead mm. of like trying to innovate and trying to make something that you love. You yeah. know what I mean? That could be a couple of years from now before people actually catch on. Yeah. Sure. So and I'm unfortunately, like, the the path to success and notoriety isn't always paved with having the best music. Yeah. Mm. As we can see with all of these conversations. Exactly. Sometimes it's, you know, you got to have a little circus going on around your name and then just feed them some music. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I, I was like, at some point, I was literally thinking, like, should I do a scandal? Should I try to, like, I have to get my social media followers up? And, all, you know, that's yeah. what, that was the, the, the motive. But I'm like, you're getting away from what you actually like. That's right. And yeah. I started, got into a depression. All of that, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, bro, I know what you mean. Like bro. everything falling. I know on my what back. you mean. Where you where you wake up and you feel like, damn, the the magnitude of how heavy what I'm trying to lift up. You just want to go back. To yeah, sleep. you don't want to chase a hundred people. You want to lay in bed, yeah. watch TV, fucking watch series, and, and you shit. put a lot of pressure on yourself because that's your baby. Yeah, and then you're like, you damn, don't want to like, neglect your baby. You feel like a fucking idiot. You and know? you know, the thing with me is like, I go to the studio like once every. 
every month, I would say. I have a I have a like a home studio, but it's like I want I want the best quality for sure. Mm-hmm. But I go to the studio once every month and I'm like, damn, like, is this why I'm not getting big? Is this why you know? Sometimes in my opinion, bro, it's just timing. Yeah. Sometimes it's just timing. Sometimes you're ahead of your time and sometimes it clicks. But it plays with your head. <sighs> like the these Big goals time. that you have play with your head. So like I'm I'm staring at I'm I'm watching like Kendrick Lamar and I'm watching Kendrick Lamar is like my favorite rapper of all time. Mm-hmm. But Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, all J I D, all these rappers mm-hmm. that I've seen push the end creatively. Like personally do their thing. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, like how the how the hell did they get there, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, maybe they just stuck to what they like and they did things that they wanted to do and shit like they that. They did, but there was a little bit of luck involved in the timing. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, yeah. uh, you know, a Dre took an interest in Kendrick because Kendrick was a great artist before uh, Dre put put that light on him, yeah. but it took for that, you know, that 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 thing to click for all of us to be able to discover him. Speaking of you know, how they got there. Um, talk to me a little a little bit about, you know, a lot of people always wonder how your brother got to where he is. Mm. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, his story from your perspective being, you know, his younger brother being mm. so close. How did it happen for, you know, it's uh, like, a kid from Longueuil, suburb yeah. of Montreal, for those who aren't from Montreal, yeah. um, get to be at a point where he is now? What was his journey like? What was his path like? It's like... He said, fuck everything except music. You know what I mean? That's fuck what school, it takes. Fuck uh, eating. Fuck uh, going out. Fuck That's all of that. Takes. Music. He gave in his, his uh, 10,000 10, hours. Is that what it is? Yeah. 10, yeah. So he gave in that. that Early. The, this time. Up yeah. front. Literally, at the age of like, I feel like eight, 18. He was 18. I was 16. And we, we, we used to take fake IDs to go. Like, I used to take his ID to go to go like to the clubs and see him perform because like my mom wouldn't let him go without me and it's like i would take his id go with his id and he had the beard so like it didn't matter like they wouldn't they wouldn't card him or whatever so like man like i feel like maybe the 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 it's weird man when i think about it it's it's really weird how, how it happened facebook bro facebook that's how it happened so K K started making beats, putting him on um, fucking Bandcamp or whatever, mm. and then from Bandcamp, some random ass Italian dude noticed him and then put him on his blog. He got big in Italy. Well, not big, but let's say like a couple thousand followers or whatever. In it's Italy. a good buzz for yeah, that yeah, time yeah. for sure. Yeah, and then that blog, um, and then ear ear uh, ear milk. Is that, is that, oh, anyways, one of these blogs, like, one of these, like, like, boom bap, soulful, like, what two little boys. It? Fuck. 2010? Okay. Like. Because at the time, vlogs, blogs, they had yeah, big, blog, big yeah. pull, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had those sites that were getting, like, a million unique hits in a day. Exactly. So if you post something on there, it's like, you're getting noticed, you're getting your followers, yeah. you're getting everything up. So, so it's, like, yeah, so basically blogs, like, hip-hop blogs posted started posting his albums and shit like that he dropped like at least eight albums 
before mm. his music actually started getting big. I love that you say that people overlook that. Kendrick was the same. Yeah. When you YouTube Kendrick before he popped, he had like dozens and yeah. dozens yeah. of yeah. And he have a whole other name. Well done yeah. videos. Yeah. You know, it takes it takes time. Yeah, man. So and then we went to this Flying Lotus show and I remember casing like watching Flying Lotus perform and he was like, yo, this is this is crazy. And like Flying Lotus is really like electronic i've heard the name right so it's like electronic type of music and k was really into that mad lib sounding shit and he's like what if i blend both mm. so he made he made and 2010 the was the year of electro and all of that fusion yep. being at the pinnacle yep so he made a remix the the janet jackson remix mm. on on soundcloud he put it on like he did it that night and then he posted it the same night he woke up the next day so imagine if you like you post a track at fucking five a.m. that we just demoed tonight. Yeah, and then you woke up, you wake up at 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 um let's say two, two p.m. and then it's at fifty thousand plays. Mm, you know wow. what I mean? So it's like this song blew up, and then it keeps going. Like everybody loves this song, and then he, he's like, "All right, cool. Like we got this, this part done. I don't know what to do now." Now he had a momentum going. Yeah, online. And then he did um. He did um, the Tidra Moses remix. And then from the Tidra Moses remix, he did a, a, a album, but like an instrumental album. And nobody really like knows this one. It's like Mary making music. It's like really like dancey and like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. But then, oh, actually not. It's not even that one. It's, it's um, Ketra Toto. Mm -hmm. It's an EP, five songs. And I remember at the time, and that's, we go back to what you were saying about the expectations. Apparently Drake heard the album and he was like, "Yo, I need beats from K. I need mm -hmm. beats from K." And then K said it in the interview, and because he said Drake wanted some beats in the interview, Didn't Drake happen. was like, "All right, peace, I'm out." You know, what I'm saying? so it's like expectations, and then you talk too much, and then you know, mm -hmm. yeah. So, anyways, Kitra Toto, and then from Kitra Toto, there was this one track. Um, fuck, I forgot the name. The first track, I believe, and then. He went to for a show in Halifax. That show in Halifax, he met his manager, which is my manager now too, uh, Will. And then um, basically Will was like, oh, like, you don't have any manager? Like, you don't have a manager? Like, I, you want me to help you out? Yeah, sure. And then Will had contacts from um, fucking people in Europe or some shit. Mm -hmm. And then they did a, a tour in Europe. And that's what literally blew him up. The tour in Europe, he came back home, did another tour with Jerome LOL and um, somebody else, uh, Grounded Slava, came back. The homecoming show in Montreal was so packed. I remember. So packed. Oversold. I remember. Oversold the Belmont. Mm. And like forever, like till this day, they, they still talk about this this show. It's like it was years ago, like eight years ago or some shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, fuck. What happened then? And then just tour, tour, tour for like five years straight. So him touring as a DJ really helped. Yeah, I mean, I feel name. like everybody that tours a lot has some sort of recognition. Yeah. Right. As long as you tour and you people see you and they're like amazed by your stuff. It's easier oh, for press to latch on to. Yeah. I almost forgot the boiler room. Boiler room. The boiler room in Montreal is literally what made Kate's career, in my opinion. Wow. Maybe he might say something else. Because mm -hmm. he did a boiler room in LA before or maybe after, but 
his border room in Montreal. Till this day, people send me snaps, like Snapchats or mm-hmm. or uh, like Instagram, whatever, about me in the video, like next to K, vibing and shit. And it's like the atmosphere of Montreal and the music that K is playing is like crazy to them. They're like, yo, what the fuck? Like, like they want to party like, like us, pretty mm-hmm. much. They want to party like our scene. And that's what basically made K big. They're like, when we go see K, it's going to be the same type of vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so he started really getting on a roll and getting booked crazy at that point. Yeah. Right after the boiler room, everybody was like asking for, for, for K. And what was the breakthrough move uh, business-wise? Because I remember there was some rumors I heard about him working with Rick Rubin. Is that possible? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. How, did the, how did all of that come about? Was that just the next <coughs> natural step? or? Um, so the Rick Rubin thing basically happened after he dropped his album. Um, was it after or before? I think before. By the way, right Rick before. Rubin's my number one, like most like uh, high. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, Highest like, regard. Mm. Regard, yeah. As oh, far yeah. as celebrities go, he's number one by far. Really? So uh, he's a music. He's another. Not even close. Yeah. He's, he's a legend. He's yeah, a he's legend. number one, two, three, four, and five. Like yeah, that's the he's, guy. He's like. He's like legit. I went. I went there too with K when uh, when I'm, I'm the one who took the picture of, wow. the, of him and Rick. I was like, oh shit! You like, that's see, that's yeah, a, how you not talk about that on I, the podcast. Hey, man, I, I don't know. I, I forgot about it, man. I forgot. Thank about it. God we got here. So, what was it like? You know, being a young artist, right? Yeah. Growing up, you know, looking up to this culture that we all did, and being in fucking Rick Rubin's home studio like that that's a moment. You were in his house. It's like not. A, it's not his. It's not his house. He has. Okay. I think he has two property properties. He has one in Malibu and then one uh, somewhere else. But the but, one with the like old school truck and so all the, that. The, the, the truck, that the truck is Bob Dylan's tour bus that he flipped into a studio. <laughs> it's crazy. Wild. Fucking and then Rick there's like there's a house on that property, and then the house is basically turned into a studio. Okay. But there's like beds and shit. Gotcha. So it's not his actual house. Yeah, no. And I was like too shy to even ask anything, so I was like standing back. And like my my manager was like, don't don't say anything. Just like it's a lot to soak yeah. up. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just gonna sit down and stare at the ocean. Like literally, you have the view of the ocean. Like it's like paradise. Technically. Yeah, it's great. But um, yeah, man, Rick Rubin's like never wearing shoes, always in shorts and white tee, long ass beard, listening to music, closing his eyes, and just like. Not even on beat, just like like a fucking nodding off. <laughs> it's like a guru, just straight up like yeah. Oh man, it's crazy. But what a larger than life character. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Coolest guy ever. Yeah, man, he's he's dope, man. I, I love him, man. So with uh with your brother and Rick Rubin, what happened after that? Did they work on some? some nah, he's he signed like a publishing deal. He signed a publishing deal with Rick Rubin. Um, it's called Pulse Pulse Records, I think, or some shit. And then, um, from from there, um. Basically, when K goes to LA, he has studio for free, pretty much. I think that's dope. I, I think that's what it is, but that's dope. I'm not. I'm really not sure about the Rick Rubin thing, but um, I guess that's what it is. And wh- where is he at now? What is he working on? Is there another K? project coming from K? Hey man, soon. <laughs> <laughs> I think, can't leak it out yet. On, yeah, I, I think he showed it to me, and it's coming out really soon. Like Dope. you could see, like if you go on his Instagram, you know you'll get hints. All right, but uh, yeah. All right, and the obvious question: What's next for Mister Lou Phelps? Man, when are we gonna hear another project from you? Fuck. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just like working on a bunch of shit right now. I got I got beats from Madlib recently, so I'm Congrats. like huge. I'm just like That's soaking it up, just like rapping. Changer. I'm like going back to like the New York, like rapping on samples with no drums type mm, shit. You know what I mean? Like the, the minimal shit. Yeah, the Griselda shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that like the the raw the raw shit. I want to go back to that. I want to go back to the roots, because maybe some like you know I feel like sometimes. Um, artists don't like want to do things just to please the crowd but I'm like I need to do shit that I love 100% and this is the type of shit that I love I listen to the the, the raw shit so. I felt like that many times mm. in my career where it's like if I'm not excited about it I mm. don't even I can't even put this this energy into it yeah. I need to feel like this one is special Yeah, and even if it's not you know uh exactly lined up you know it might not be trap or it might not be electro in 2010 or mm. whatever but you know you still gotta it, it's gotta excite you first yeah yeah pretty much pretty much mm-hmm. so yeah man i'm just working on an album i think i'm gonna drop an ep soon with my brother um tony stone one of my homies from planet giza i don't know if you heard of him they really you told me about him i think you did uh you, you, you played yeah, with the, him this summer yeah yeah they're really tight like super dope guys you think you're gonna link with your brother for this project, or maybe? Yeah, I got, I got like the one I'm dropping with Tony Stone. Definitely, it's like I have three songs produced. Well, it's all produced by K, actually. Nice. And then K Tranada the and Madlib. That's a nice lineup. Yeah. The next album, though, it's gonna be me producing. What like I'm gonna produce on my shit, and then probably some K beats. I got Kiefer on it. Kiefer is like one of the homies from uh, Stone's Throw. Nice. Um, fuck. Who else, man? Madlib probably. I'm saying Madlib, but maybe I shouldn't even say it honestly. But yeah, man, it's like a bunch of people, man. You got the beats already. Yeah, I got the beats. <laughs> Can't take them back now. He just he just needs to prove it. But you know, That's we'll funny. we'll figure it out. You know what I'm saying? We'll figure it out. Well, but, definitely, uh, man. Thank you for coming through. Your uh, story is definitely more than inspiring, my brother. You know yeah, man, you good know. for you. Great talk, by the way. Continued success through. to you and your bro and you guys' whole team. We would love to have you back anytime. And uh, sure. me and you will definitely build on some other shit. Hell yeah. Your boy, Bless. Let me know. The Moment of Truth podcast, Lou Phelps, episode 21. Thank you for tuning in. Peace. Represent one time on the M-I-C.